Welcome back to Distinct Nostalgia by MIM. More than a podcast. Brought to you in partnership with Life Rooms and Mercy Care NHS Foundation Trust. Staying well, staying home. Now, our Corrie at 60 interviews continue as we hear from the lovely Amanda Barry. This interview was originally conducted as part of a recording of Amanda's memories of presenting the ITV kids series Hickory House in the early 1970s. And you can hear Amanda reminiscing about Humphrey Cushion, Dusty Mop, and fellow presenter Alan Rothwell by scrolling through our archive at distinctnostalgia.com. And while Ashley was chatting to Amanda about the fun she had had on that show, he also took the chance to speak with Amanda about Corrie, the carry-ons, and a couple of other things too. You were a stalwart of Coronation Street for quite a long time, nearly yeah. 20 years, weren't you, in Coronation Street? Yeah, well, sort of over a period of that, yeah. yes. on and off, I think. Yes, I, mean, I went in initially into the shop, uh, Jim's Cafe, as it was then. I was invited in there to sack Pat Phoenix. Oh. <laughs> Which, you know, I was, I was actually leading lady in the West End, doing me better, but actually going in there... To do, now you talk about nerves. She was the leading lady of Coronation Street, oh, wasn't she? But it wasn't that. It was that. It was unreal. It was surreal. Everybody says it. And it's true. You were completely surreal to go into there and go. You couldn't concentrate. You were going. Concentrate a man that is not Elsie. It, it is Elsie Tanner. It's Elsie Tanner. <laughs> I'm talking to Elsie Tanner. I don't know what I'm going to say next. I'm just step. This is what you do. It was like being waking, being very. In the middle of a dream, and you're going, concentrate, Amanda, who are still supposedly an actress. Get on with it, yeah. It yeah, was yeah. very nerve-wracking. And, and when you joined there, uh, she was still in it, and there yeah. were a few other the big ones were oh, still in it, weren't yes, there? yes, yes. Was, was um, um, Violet Carson still in it at that point? No, she just She's gone. gone she yeah, there, just, she? just, just gone, so I missed her. But, but, but the guy who played Albert Tatlock, I think, oh, was still in it, wasn't yes, he? Oh, yes, I did yeah. a few scenes with him, yeah. and wonderful, what's in it, and the, what, oh. Um, Doris Speed. Doris Speed. Played Annie Walker. Doris Speed. I I just adored Doris Speed. Walking along the corridor and she said to me, Amanda Love, it was in the morning. (laughs) Amanda Love, could you tell, have I got one green sock on and one black one? And I went, yes, yes, I thought I had. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, these are little moments that you sort of cherish of things that went on. They were real characters, uh, weren't they? That's the oh, thing. And of course, Gina Alexander was, was oh, brilliant yeah. as well. Wasn't oh, she? Well, yeah. So professional. I mean, a, wond- a wonderful actress. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think quite often, you know, they don't do it as much now. And it, actually, it's changed, but the, 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 it was a bit the same way. And I have to say this about the carry ons because, you know, they yeah. lasted. Yeah. Okay. Why did they last? They lasted because the majority of the, the, the stalwarts in it. They were all leading actors in their own yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. They'd all had years of experience. Yeah. You know, they all, and it was a bit the same on a different level with Coronation yeah, Street. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I do have one thing. I've always thought about Coronation Street, yeah. that as you're doing this, and I think it's quite important. Cool. The people know. Well, the thing was, I, I'd come from the West End, and I'd been in quite a few shows, and I'd done other things. That we, you know, well, you're from the North originally, aren't you? Is that right? I was born in Ashland, London. Yeah, my real name is Shirley Broadbent, ah, and right. Dora Bryan was my friend, and she was Dora May Broadbent. She, we were born very near to each other. And then I said, Bash, at that time, I've now got half my accent back. It's in between somewhere. But it was knocked out of me completely, so yeah. you cannot work with a voice like that. So I was made to be quite grand and do things. And... Um, 
But when I got back there, the thing I couldn't get used to was, you know, in the West End, you, you went into the theatre, you did your job, you came out and... Or even if you're doing a television, which I did a lot of, I did great. Yeah, and you you went and came out and you looked, you know, the way you did. Well, when when you went to Manchester to do this, when we when we did the run-throughs, people turned us up if they were going to Ascot. I mean, I, the first time it happened, I went, what? what I was supposed to, why, why is everybody Miss Lynn Perry with a huge hat on and a dress down to here? Doing a run through. I mean, on a Wednesday morning, and it, it was like you went. Why is everybody do? And they did dress. And Pat, particularly, so I always remember she came into rehearsals in the morning. Yes, there she was, yes. dressed up for one thing. She would disappear, and then I remember her coming back at two o'clock, and she was dressed from head to foot in white suede, <laughs> with a cowboy hat and fringes and boots. She'd been to this second-hand shop in Manchester that sold all these things, the Elite or something it was called. And, and, but they dressed, and I could never understand why. Then, the, then the penny dropped, and I thought, of course, that's why they behave like stars. They'd been in Oldham Rep, yes, and more or less thought probably that was going to be that, that was it, yeah, Oldham Rep, yeah, yeah. and you didn't do that. And then when it hit them, and this huge thing, their idea of stars were the Hollywood stars. Yes, of course. So it you was. could look at them, and you could go, Pat Phoenix. I don't know who is Pat Phoenix, Rita Hayworth. I yeah, mean, you yeah, know, yeah, um, yeah. they dressed like Hollywood. Yeah, of course. Sorry, is that boring? No, no, it's, no it's interesting. But, it was, it but, they, was. but the point was, at that time, in terms of audience and numbers mm. and people, they were as big as that, <laughs> when you think about it. Not went just up. here, but around no, the world as well. it went yeah. up, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, you you obviously, in the early years of Corrie, um, you made certain there's certain people you connected with on Coronation mm-hmm. Street, obviously, because you had to. So you, you see, you had that, you that, you had that, well, you had that chemistry, of course, with with Johnny Briggs who played yeah. Mike, and Helen. of course with Helen Worth and the, Sue. and Sue. Yeah. Like, uh, so you're doing a nice tribute to Sue the other day for her 40 years <laughs> in, in Corrie. So tell us a bit about them and how that worked, because I th- I always thought your relationship with Johnny Briggs and Mike, <laughs> I always thought Mike and Elmer were they they they, they, they seem very real to me. Well, yes, yes it was. Again, I mean, he was my dusty mop, really. I believed in him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, it, I, I think I think that is what happens. It's the X ingredient that you do not know about when you cast people for things as to how they will work together or what will come out of the way they work yes. together. Yeah. Um, Helen and I, in, in the, I was set, I was the monster. I was the baddie. And then actually, it kind of changed. And then Helen and I, because. The way you think of the shows, although it's an overall sort of family, it's the people you work with that you're with the whole time. Yes, because you're saying run the lines, run the lines, do yeah, anything. Have you done? Yeah. You know, you, you're with that that little group of yeah, people. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So Helen and I, and the thing, and then Johnny and I. I think I had a sort of different relationship than his other women had had. I don't know why, but we did. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fascinating. And what about um, what, what about um, leaving the street? Obviously, oh, yeah. I know. They decided to kill you off. I don't know whether you wanted to be killed yeah. off or not. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah. But you had a very serious storyline there, yes. which has just been replicated recently, yeah, of course, in absolutely. Coronation Street. Um, very tough one to do. And I mean, yeah. it, was, it was extremely emotional and, and yeah. really. When I think back to moments I remember in Corrie, it's one yeah. of the moments I remember, especially yeah. the bit where you did a video later yeah. afterwards when they all watched you. Oh, so I wrote you, that. You wrote that, did you? I wrote, I wrote that in a lunchtime. Yeah, because <laughs> the one they gave me was they hadn't told me I had to do it and. 
I read it. I went, oh, that's awful. Really? So I'd, 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 I'd never seen it. Yeah. yeah. So you you basically got you got cancer and mm. and, that, and 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 died on the mm. program. I mean, how did mm. how did um, tell us a bit about that if you can? How did that make you feel? Well, I'm I'm always in two minds about people doing storylines, particularly if they go out um, at half past seven. Yes. Because however well-meaning you are when you're doing those storylines, you are actually going into households of people who've got mothers going th- going through it. Yes, of course. And uh, I know when I was doing it, because I'd, I'd, I'd take three years to say that I was going to leave, and I thought, I've got to come back because I live down here and yeah, everything. Yeah. And they, I said, please kill me off because, of, anyway, please, you know, because they like a good killing when they get a chance, you know, and let's not kid ourselves. Or, good, you want to die? Good. We'll have you. And um, But when they said it was a cancer story, I, I, yeah. Uh, and then somebody let some publicity go saying how much I was looking forward to playing a cancer victim. And I nearly died. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be the last thing I would ever say. And it was the only time I, I got two letters. One from a man said, I'm glad you're looking forward to that. My wife will be dead before you've done that. And somebody else. And so because of it, I actually, because it kept happening, I, I for the first time in my life, went to the press. I just went, because I wanted someone to say, this is not, this is not what I think. Because mm-hmm. I, I do take it almost more than seriously, because I think... The responsibility of doing it is, in a way, you know, you're a family to the people that watch you, mm-hmm. and so they tend to believe you, and you you don't want to say anything that's going to make mm-hmm. anything worse. I know I had a line about being a miracle, and and this and the nurse's answer to me was, oh, you know, well, I've never seen a miracle yet. I said, please, I, you cannot say that, mm-hmm. you, and this. So I'm so I'm so in two minds about it. Yeah, no, I understand that. I mean, it can it can connect. When when soap does well, it can connect really well. Brilliantly. And 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 the one that recently with um, I forgot the name now. The character yeah. has just been written out. I my mum died a few months ago from aplastic anemia. Oh, darling. And she was given Sorry. a cancer drug she yeah. shouldn't have been given, and she yeah. she died very quickly, basically. But um, watching that episode the other week where she was told she'd got curable mm. cancer mm. was. Um, very very hard for me to watch, yeah, yeah. but at the same time, quite it's, therapeutic yes, as well, it, yeah. because it made you feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, in some respects, the soaps can can really talk yeah. to you. Yeah, you know, and, and I, this would be sound. This is I'm really confiding in you now, but it 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 got to me so much that I sort of went. I I couldn't think of, of myself as an actress. Yes, I thought this is nothing to do with acting, showing off and acting whatever we do. And I, I'm not a religious person. I don't go to church, don't do that. I used to say my prayers before I did every scene. Really? Yeah. Literally, only to go, let let me do it that, it, that it gives either some comfort or hope or something. Don't, please don't let me get it wrong. Yeah, I've got to do it. I can't walk out in the middle of it. No, no. But let it... Be as whatever. Let it. Let, let. I'm not acting. Just let it. Let it happen the way it should. And yeah. I did it up before every single scene. Yeah. <laughs> you were in that program for a long, long time. It's about mm. to turn sixty. Mm. 
I mean, don't you think that's amazing? Mm, it is amazing. Yeah. It is, yeah. And, and what do you think to it now? I mean, it's a lot of people, some people say, oh, it's not what it used to be and all the rest of it, but it does have its bad points, it does have its good yeah. times. I suppose as any programme that's been running for 60 years is always going to have an its Yeah, down, well, I think, I think the problem is that um, they're, with any of the soaps, so they all, they're all competing. You yes. know, and there's so many episodes. How on earth can they do it? And and they've five day, five days story, a week, that story. Yeah. You can't, you can't in the end do it. But I've always said, and I said it when I left because it was trouble over the um, cancer story and everything. I said the people who go into it, I think, are caretakers, just like a national trust building. Hmm. And when they go into it, it is their job to look after it for the nation, for yes. the fans. Like you know, you take up a football team, hmm. you you want to keep it yes. at its best. Yeah. And no one's bigger than the program. No, no, and yeah. so I think they should not necessarily always follow what the other soaps are doing, or follow. They need to go back. I think to think of the actual honesty of it. Mm. It's, cha- it's changed because you know Manchester's changed. Yeah, yeah absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But but the, the characters I care about most as a, as a fan are the ones that have always been there yeah. during my life. So people yeah. like. Uh, um, Audrey, Audrey and, and others, yeah. you know, and 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 uh, mm. Gail and whatever, mm. uh, and uh, the ones that I'm mm. I'm more into, most interested in. Yeah. You know, some of the others come and go, but actually, yeah. the ones that is the trouble. This you have to invest in character-led, yeah, uh, characters. Exactly. You, you, if if you invest in those and you go with a character, and there is a real character, then the storylines get easier because they're character-led. Yeah. Once you start going off and doing these things, and I sometimes go, do you not remember, do they not remember that she... <laughs> Continuity. Excuse me. Yeah. She, yeah. she was. She went off, what's she talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been yeah, several, several storylines yeah. where they've done bigamy. Yeah, and I always remember that, that Emily in the 1970s was the, was was the victim of a bigamist. Yes, but in more recent times, when she's been in the program, when she's out of oh, when, she's, when she's been in the program, they've never gone to her to say, "Well, what was it like when you, you know what I mean?" The continuity yeah. misses no. sometimes. Oh, I loved her. Died. Her Barbara Knox. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't work with it, with uh, Emily in the end because I I used to like I used to look she used to make me laugh. And they said, well, just don't look at her. She comes across. And I, I could see her feet and I'd gone. I went, I can't. And what about Betty Driver? Did she make you laugh Oh, all? yeah. But no, not as much. I, I've no, I knew Betty from when I was in the chorus as a dancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but the person that really made me laugh was Eileen, Eileen Darby. She just made me die laughing. Really? Yes. I used to do terrible things occasionally. I used to go, because before I ever came out, which at the time would have been disaster, I would have got the sack. There's no yeah, doubt about yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> so... But I used to go into the Robers Bar and under my breath say, is it gay night? (laughs) (laughs) Now, I have never seen a place more overrun with homosexuality. (laughs) In fact, I'd probably have come out straight if I'd have gone up and said, look, I've had enough of this. What are you all doing? You know, I know it's Canal Street around the corner, but this is Coronation Street. Try and pull yourselves together. But Eileen Derbyshire is often often talked of as the Greta Garbo of Coronation Street because she doesn't do do many interviews, does she? Well, I can't tell those stories. There were stories that that when she used to come in disguised, if if Julie Goodyear had done something with all photographers start clicking away at Julie... And she told me a story about him visiting somebody in hospital with her husband. And she she never, she never, and she went dressed as a nun, I believe. And she made her husband put something on. It was something at Lederhaus. And, and as somebody came to all of them, she said to him, speak Russian. <laughs> yeah, she didn't so, like publicity at all, Oh, she? I just, no, she didn't. But yeah. she's one of the funniest, she's very dry. Set. And Barbara Knox, I mean, we spent, we all spent so many hours 
came off the set, done a scene, thank God, cigarette, yeah, yeah. stood in the corridor talking and laughing. Yeah. Then we used to say, we must go out for a meal. We never got out for the meal. We just talked in the corridor <laughs> and went home and learned lines. Yeah. A compelling new podcast featuring some of the biggest names from TV and film. So I lived, get this, with Joan Sims. I'll never forget it. The parties were amazing. Of course, all the carry-ons would come round. Kenneth Williams was outrageous. Nostalgic conversations where the stories take centre stage. I said to Noel Gordon at one point, I do love your car. Here are the keys, darling. Go and drive it. I mean, that was, that was knowledge. In the end, she said, darling... Buy it while you can. Intimate discussions about some iconic moments from TV and film history, featuring the voices of those who were there. We all got to choose our first names, didn't we? Yes, we did. We sort of went round and sort of decided what everyone's first name was, whether you liked it or not. I don't think I would have chosen Donald. I definitely didn't choose David. I think James Corden probably named most of us. And I remember James hadn't prepared anything, but kind of improvised his whole biography. Do you remember? Distinct Nostalgia by M.I.M. Memories are made of this. We're here with two inspectors of Juliet Bravo. So when you come to do any filming, you've got this skirt on and this jacket and the coat was cold. The hat wasn't reinforced. It wasn't a helmet. And I had a handbag. There wasn't a single pocket in my jacket. I mean, talk about ill-equipped. Search for Distinct Nostalgia wherever you get your podcasts or go to distinctnostalgia.com. If nobody was told what you were meant to do, if there weren't any rules, then we'd be living in a totally different format. A brand new podcast featuring rarely heard voices from across the UK and around the world. Bisexuality is not really understood because people have bifocal tendencies. And the second you mention bisexual, just their ears pick up. Contemporary conversations around bisexuality. Oh, well, you're still confused, right? No, I'm not confused. We are questioned so much more than people when they come out as straight or gay. It's intense pressure of like, am I sure? You're literally like monitoring yourself. Every episode will include a very personal story as we try to paint a real picture of bisexual Britain. This is Bisexual Brunch. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Take 23. Distinct Comedy presents... Oh, hello. I'm uh, I'm Jolien Karp. I'm, uh, I'm doing a voiceover. Oh, hello. Experience a day in the life of voiceover guy. Take 13. I'm playing a pirate. Are you sure you're in the right place? Written and performed by Jonathan Kidd. Take 24. Aha! Splice the main brace, me hearties. Get on down to Captain Jacob's boat supplies. Sail is now on. Get it? Oh, good. Let's treat that one as a run-through. Aha! Available now on the Distinct Comedy Podcast. Okay, then. Can we do a series of less piratical wild ahas in threes and we'll splice them on? That okay, Paul? The trials and tribulations of a life spent in voiceover. Sorry, I only have two lemon with honey. I'd like my coffee. I shall scream without a coffee. New and original comedy. Softer. Aha! Well, actually, on reflection, I'm not happy with them. I like what we had, all rough and piratey. Listen on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or I might have to give you a black spot. That was blood out of a stone. Won't use him again. <laughs> okay, right, carry on. You, yeah. go, you, you go back such a long way. Oh, I know, they didn't build the roads when I was around. <laughs> I was back I mean, you, you were in Carry On, on Cabby, for heaven's sake. And yes, that was one of the early ones, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. yeah. It was on before, on the other day, Operation Bullshine was uh, on. We um, watched it. On Talking yeah. Pictures, yes. people often say that the Carry Ons were, were sexist. 
But carry on, cabby. It was oh, the other yeah. way around, wasn't it? The yeah. women were taking yeah. control, weren't they? They weren't sexist. Yeah. I mean, times change. I mean, she was part of the time. They were. They weren't sexist. Nobody complained about. I'm fed up with people complaining about things. <laughs> were they, were they fun to do? They were exactly like Coronation Street to do. It's a very good analogy. It yeah. was so fast. Yes. You know, I mean, they shot seven minutes a day, which yeah. is such a lot. So you were working fast all the time. Uh, uh, so there wasn't that much time to be rolling about and the thing. But yes, they were. Yeah, um, yeah. And of course, your big starring, big moment everyone remembers was, of course, was Carry On, carry on Cleo, wasn't yeah, it? Yes. You know, that's why everyone remembers yeah, you, remembers you for. Yeah. And, 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 and of course, the thing about that was um, they were made on the same sets as the original. Yes, they had the original. Yeah. And I, like a fool, I, I had Elizabeth, two of Elizabeth Taylor's headdresses with the name in and shoes. Why the hell I didn't nick them? <laughs> I mean, I'd be laughing now on eBay, wouldn't I? I didn't, you know. I have been known to nick things that I want. I didn't take those. I mean, that's really stupid, isn't it? No, of course, you got, you got, as you said before, you got a chance to work with some of these actors who had been, you know, I mean, people like Charles Horcher was huge, wasn't he? He'd done tons and tons yes, of things beforehand, yeah. kind of thing. What were they like, those people? To work oh, well, Charles had loved. He used to bring me fish, and he got something. I bought this fish for my mother today. I'll just bring you that. I'll eat it because I was working on the stage at night, yeah. playing one of the leads, and she loved Loves me in the West End while doing Carry On Cleo during the grief, day. Yeah. Those were the days. And so he used to bring food in for me. And he made me laugh enormously. I loved him. Loved yeah. him to bits. And what about Kenneth? Was he the same? Uh, Ken- no, Kenneth was always the law unto himself. Yeah, yeah. Absol- and it wasn't until I met him later on in life and we did a quiz programme together. And I suddenly turned out to be more intelligent than he'd formerly thought. And he, I think he was rather nice to me then. But I think at the time, um, I, I think he just ex- accepted me. I don't know yeah, that was of all. course. St. James. St. James, yeah. yeah. Oh, adored him. I put all his bets on. I always say, <laughs> Barbara Windsor went to bed. I put the bets on. You know, what do you got? <laughs> you got it made there. And so were you in two carry-ons? Or yes. Was it two carry-ons? And then there was another one that was, I think it wasn't going to be a carry-on, but it was the same group. I forgot what it's called. Mm. A pair of briefs or something classy. Okay. Uh, Similar kind of Yeah, tone. absolutely. Yeah. Same, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. same group. Well, we did, um, we did a thing for Radio Wales last oh. year in which we did, um, we called it When Carry On Came to Wales. We did a thing about carrying up the Kyber. And oh, we, yeah. and we took brilliant, And we one. took Valerie Leon. Yes. And Angela Douglas. Yeah. Back to um, where they did where they did it, it kind oh, of thing, brilliant. and so that was a yeah. quite nice. And, and we we got Angela back together with the with the chauffeur that had driven her around and oh. all the rest of it. And he was in all, he was something was fantastic. He was fantastic. Yeah, it was really really nice. Angela and I used to live in Upper Barclay Street, and we did a film together, something called "Don't Bother to Knock." Oh, it came into my head then, which was I think before all that. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah you so go. I've there done. You go. Oh, we've known the few years. One but... final thing. You yes. Touched, you touched on it just now. Mm. As well as doing this podcast about that nostalgia, mm. we're actually as a company about to do a podcast and regular podcast because there's nothing mm. out there at the moment about bisexuality. Oh yeah, that's fine. Um, and the reason we're doing it mm. is because. We've done several programmes, documentaries on radio mm. and TV, well, radio mainly, about bisexuality, but nobody ever seems to want to do any more, anything more, because it's like... I'll do that. Bisexuality tends to be kept... Mm. Everyone thinks you're either gay or you're straight, and that's no, it. No, 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 So, no, are you happy to talk to us a little bit about that for a second? Absolutely. I mean, I'm bisexual myself, so... Oh, um, so, <laughs> so but it, but it, <laughs> But it's very difficult, isn't it, yeah. to actually explain it, mm. for people to understand it, mm. and... And without people pushing you in little mm. corners and boxes. Mm. Tell us a bit about it for yourself. We'll be back after a quick break.
But you still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little you mean? Yeah, yeah, we all we all artists over here, man. I'm trying oh, yeah, I'm trying yeah. I'm trying I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. We all artists, man. We go you feel me? We gonna have this like Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit right now. I got lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I got lie, don't play with it. Don't play with it. No. Take that shit As far as I was concerned, I suppose, and I think this is true when people are talking about their sexuality or sexual preferences or whatever you want to call it. I always think of it as more emotional preferences than physical ones because I think it starts terribly early. And I think I think it starts with just that attraction to somebody. And it isn't necessarily it isn't necessarily a physical attraction. It can be a very strong emotional attraction. And when you're very young you don't know what that is. You know, Mm -hmm. so my experiences of that also plus the fact wow they're silly there's always something silly in my life about these things but I I have told this story before my family always had enormous bosoms not my father but you know (laughs) the others and I mean but really they they stopped people in the street yeah and I just went I will die if those things grow on me (laughs) and I literally went you are not growing on my body those things that stick out there at your peril. Look at me to this day. I don't need a bra. I, honestly, I mean, talking about my never matter. So there, there was part of me that wanted to be sort of androgynous, mm-hmm. that was neither one thing or the other. And uh, that, I suppose to this day, that is sort of how I kind of am. But why do you think people struggle to cope with the notion of people being attracted to both sexes why do, i don't why? know darling i think they're silly i mean i i don't think you know i don't i don't think i think you have to sort of i think so many people are influenced if nobody was told mm. at an early age what you were meant to do if there weren't any rules at all yeah. as to how you lived or who you lived with or how many people you lived with or who you had sex with or you did, you know yeah. if nobody told you at all, I should think that we would be living in a totally different mm-hmm. format. I, I, because the rules that are applied, I mean, there was a time when, as far as women were concerned, and men, mm-hmm. you know, if you weren't married by the time you were 23 or something, and, you know, in first child, I mean, otherwise you would have offended half your family. Yeah, absolutely. I think people did things under pressure. And if they'd said, you know... Well, I don't want children, and I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know who I'm. A, I mean, my definite bisexuality, mm. and I don't like putting labels over my head, and I hate labels on anybody. Mm. Um, it's just genuine. That's that's how it was. Yeah. That's who I fell yeah. in love yeah. with. Yeah. That's who I had the relationship with, and that's how it was. I yeah. suppose. In this day and age, people talk about fluidity of whatever. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, just me. That's what happened. Yeah. And um, luckily, I was able to sort of 
sort of manage in my own way, but it it caused a lot of, of I will say now they say mental health, whatever you want to call it, problems. Mm-hmm. I I blushed so badly when anybody looked at me. I was terrified anybody would know mm. something about me. I used to go and offer my blood up to take a pint of blood out of me to stop me. Really? Yeah. 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 Because if somebody looked at me uh, in a rehearsal room, I just blushed. Mm-hmm. And somehow there was something in that I was supposed to be ashamed of, which I I didn't even register as to what that was. And I think there's a lot of people out there still to this day yeah. who are, you know, it comes bisexual of some mm. nature or, you know, they might mm. be 50, 50, 60, 40, mm. whatever it may be. And they just cannot, they can't come out and talk to anybody because they end up in either a straight or a gay relationship and it's very difficult then to admit that they, they want to... Yeah, you know, I, I do think, actually, and I think it's a thing that I did do, I actually was honest because when I met my husband and I had actually had relationships with other men, mm. but when I met my husband uh, and he was married at the time and I thought that this is really important that you you have to know absolutely that... Mm. I I don't know <laughs> whether it's Christmas or whether it's Clacton. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't know where I am up to because... And he went, oh, good. I've always wanted one on a lead. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, you know, so... I know it sounds silly, but sometimes if you if you are honest about something... Yes. You find that maybe the other person can start being on, honest about things too. Yeah, yeah. And that... And if you're not going to be honest, then you're going to be in trouble later on down the line. You have to be. Mm-hmm. And and also, as you get older, darling, I'm 84 now, for Christ's sake. You have to get yourself. You know, as you get older, you go, what was I worrying about? You know, why, yeah. why was I in such a state? When the papers were after me, trying to out me, I used to be covered in a cold, damp sweat with my heart coming down my nose yeah. every Friday night when during Coronation Street. Crazy. Real Terror. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now I look back and I think, well, now they wouldn't even they wouldn't you wouldn't even make a section in the buy and sell thing. You know, you would. It's it 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 will change. It will go on changing. And more and more people are actually identifying yeah. themselves as bisexual. Yeah. Or whatever they you want know. to be. Mm. But for goodness' sake, please stop adding letters to. It it sounded like a bait and sandwich <laughs> to start with LGBT. I'm dyslexic, so I thought it meant. A bacon sandwich. And now it's gone. I mean, is, is it going on forever <laughs> to get the end of the alphabet? Because my attitude to then is that I don't need anybody to represent that side of me. Yeah, and yeah. I don't want a letter. I don't want to be... Yeah, absolutely. And I the, don't want it. And going back just to the soaps very briefly on this, yeah. the, 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 there is a lack of... For some reason, there's a lack of... We, we, you mentioned Coronation Street's full of old, uh, lesbian and gay characters. But there's now a lack of... There is definitely a lack of bisexual characters because well, I, I think, what I tends to happen is right. they, they shove people in, they make them right. gay yeah. or they make or them straight, right. stay gay right. or make them st- suddenly right. straight. Shut up and stay straight. Or yeah. they kill them off. Yes, they usually they, die. They, they don't... They, they, hit they, by a tree or something. They can't, yes. they can't cope with <laughs> no. the nuances of bisexuality. 
sexuality. No, and also, I'm also, I wish that people. I know they say bisexuality. Yeah, it's the sexual thing they get. They in, always go about, that. Isn't it? That is what they do. Yeah. Well, I mean, what anybody does in bed is really indescribable. As to you be said honest. before, a lot of it's to do with emotions. It's and, emotional. Yeah, you know that yeah. if you if you pin it onto a sexual act, I mean, you know, even Auntie Ethel probably did some very strange things in the past. You know that we wouldn't want to be watching. It's part of people's lives. You go, yes, darling, get on with that. Whatever you're doing, but exactly. it's not. It isn't that. It's the emotional side Definitely. of where your little emotional centre just goes and does something that is far more important, actually, than the sexual act. Absolutely. That's well, what I, I mean. Yeah. The sexual act is there. Yeah. And it's usually, a small part. And also, I've really. got a small part. <laughs> just, sorry, that might be another reason. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But it is, isn't it? It's yes. a small part of everything. Yes. Right? It's yeah. not. It's not the main factor as to no. why you love somebody exactly. or why you suddenly make a connection of some sort that is really, really important. Absolutely. Yeah. Amanda, it's been a delight to talk to you. And to you, you, darling. (laughs) Thank you, Roach. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Lovely Amanda Barry there talking to me last year uh, before all the COVID and lockdown situation took hold. And here's a reminder of some of the things that we've still got in store or you can find on the uh, Distinct Nostalgia Player marking 60 years of Coronation Street on Distinct Nostalgia. It's been on our tellies for six decades and we're big fans here at Distinct Nostalgia. And we're so passionate about our love for Corrie that we've put together some real treats for our listeners as we delve into the show's history this December. I was supposed to be both at university and uh, he was trying to sort of break out of this little backstreet world to better himself, really. It wasn't usual for people from some street like Coronation Street to go to university. He, He changed the mode. And of course, people were in those times. They were beginning to go to university. We're right back to the very first episode with Ken Barlow's very first girlfriend and Alan Rothwell, who played Ken's brother, David Barlow. Coronation Street went out live to start with. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, of course. Well, that was terrifying. Yes, yeah. You had to do a half an hour of television. Yes, and get it right. And get it right, yeah. 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 Staying in the 60s, and Kenneth Cope tells us how wooing Violet Carson, Ina Sharples, landed him a role in the show as Minnie Caldwell's lodger, Sonny Jim. She got me under the viaduct and started shouting at me, pointing a finger, pointing a finger and saying, get out, go away from here. People like you, 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 you don't deserve to be here. Get out and never come back, never come out. Go away, go away, go away. And our heads got closer and closer and closer. So the day there's a slight pause and I said, give us a kiss. And it just brought the house down, everybody. The whole crew just laughed their heads off. From our own archives, we bring you never-before-broadcast anecdotes from Jean Alexander and Betty Driver. It was Ina Sharples, Margot Bryant uh, that played Minnie Caldwell, me, Julie Goodyear, Jean Alexander that played Hilda Ogden, and then we all used to be together and do scenes just of conversation, which I miss now. We should do more of that. Meanwhile, Amanda Barry and Chris Bisson remember their time on Coronation Street. I went in initially into the shop, Jim's Cafe, as it was then. I was invited in there to sack Pat Phoenix. Oh. <sighs> you know, I was, I was actually leading Lady in the West End, doing me bit, but actually going there to do... Now, you talk about nerves. She was the leading lady of Coronation Street, oh, wasn't she? But it wasn't that. It was that it was unreal. It was surreal. Everybody says it, and it's true. You're completely surreal to go into there and go, 
You couldn't concentrate. You were going, concentrate a man that is not Elsie Turner. And talking to Elsie Turner. I don't know what I'm going to say next. I'm just step. This is what you do. It was like being, waking, being very in the middle of a dream and you're going, concentrate, Amanda, who wants to <laughs> supposedly an actress. Get on with it, yeah. We'll also have interviews with Julie Hesmondalch and Bruce Jones and many more. And we've a very special dose of Distinct Nostalgia's Mind of the Month quiz too, as we put Corrie's superfans to the test on their knowledge of those six decades, with some rather special guests asking some of the questions. Hello, I'm Thelma Barlow. Hello, I'm Stephen Arnold. I'm Philip Lowry. My name's Nick Cochran. Hi, I'm Martin Hancock. Hello, everybody. My name's Madge Hindle. Make sure you join us for all the fun. And don't forget to trawl our archives for loads of other Corrie interviews. Thelma Barlow, Steve Arnold, Nick Cochran, Chris Quinton, Chloe Newsom, Philip Lowry, Sherry Hewson, Madge Hindle, Martin Hancock, Tupeli Dorgu, stars from every decade of the world's longest-running drama serial. Celebrating Corrie at 60, this December, from Distinct Nostalgia.